Life is complicated. There is the law and there is reality. Welcome to Law and Reality, sponsored by Thav Gross. Now, here's your host, Ken Gross. Hi, folks. Welcome to Law and Reality. I'm your host, Brian Small. Today's topic is solving the typical tax problem. With me today, from Thav Gross, our tax guru, our tax expert, the attorney with all the tax knowledge you'll ever need to know, Jenny Lingle. Jenny, how are you today? Hi, Brian. I'm doing well. It's good to be here and to talk about my favorite subject, taxes. Really? Because my, my favorite subject is University of Michigan football. But since, uh, <laughs> since that's not my topic for today, my favorite topic then will be uh, the, the typical tax problem today. Although I have to say that um, it is, it is going to be football season right now, today, so go blue. Um, I know you bleed green and white or something like that. But, um, so tell me, tell me, we've got the typical tax problem. What, 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 is, what on God's earth does that actually mean? What is a typical tax problem? You know, Brian, in reality, there is no typical tax problem. Every person I see has a little bit of different story, a little bit of different angle, had different things happen. Um, I typically find no two tax problems are exactly alike. Oh, come on. You've been doing this for so many years. How many? A lot of years. I've been doing it for about 15 years now, Brian. 15 years. Oh, that just makes me older than you. Um, okay. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. When you... When you uh, so you've been specializing in the area of tax problems for individuals and companies for many, many years. Yes, absolutely. So when I went to law school, you know, you start out with the same general classes that everyone's required to take. And I found that I really loved my tax classes and everyone thought I was crazy. So someone suggested, hey, why don't you go work in the low income tax clinic and see what you think? And I did that and I really enjoyed the work. I enjoyed the strategy. I enjoyed the people and I enjoyed solving my clients' problems. So I found that this was an area of law that there People weren't really being represented, uh, what I would say, appropriately. Every person I meet has a little bit different story. And depending on where, where you're at, I fit you in a, a different box in what we would call our toolbox of resolving tax problems. At the end of the day, a lot of people think of tax problems as merely being an I owe the money, now what? Um, but that's that's just one of the things that happens. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So you're a tax attorney. Correct. Okay. Specializing in tax problems. Yes. How do you differ from, say, those tax services that are out there that I'm always seeing at four o'clock in the morning when I when I can't sleep because of my insomnia? What uh, that you know, like, call one eight hundred, save my mm. you know my derriere tax service. How do I? How what what are you doing differently? What are they about? And why are they as as Ken is prone to call them scams? Well, for the most part, let's eat, let's err on the side of caution and say you've got someone working for one of those companies who, who really does want to help you and not just rip you off, which I, I find hard to believe. The problem is, first off, they're not attorneys. Well, wait, wait, wait. It said that they're an IRS enrolled agent. Right. That means nothing. But it sounds so cool. It does. It sounds important. And you also have something, well, we have, you know, retired IRS agents working here. We have this or we have that. The difference in calling, I would say, for example, our law firm is the first thing is that I find 
most people come to me after they've been kind of called by some of these companies saying, well, I need to file an offer and compromise. Wait, 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 wait. They call them? Yes. Uh, so attorneys, we may send a letter saying, hey, you, if you need our services, this is what we do. Put a little pamphlet in there. However, there's other tax services out there and they're not attorneys and they're not CPAs who are looking and they're making cold calls or they're calling based on a federal tax lien list and telling you that they can resolve your, your debt for and they throw out a percentage there. When I explain to my clients how the offer and compromise program actually works, they're, they're somewhat astonished. So I'll often have someone say, well, uh, I got a call from that 1-800 company and they said that I should file an offer and compromise and it sounds great and I'm going to go with them. But, you know, somebody said that, you know, you're good at what you do. Maybe I should just come in here for a second opinion. And I say, that's great. I said, so what financial information did you give them? Well, I gave them my credit card number to charge me the fee. I says, well, how much do you owe? What years do you owe for? Have you filed all of your returns? So we go through that. And then I say, okay. So you went through the calculations on the phone. He says, well, no, they told me they could resolve it for 20%. It is an insane to believe that based on how, which I'll explain in a minute, the offer and compromise program works, that somebody could throw a percentage out there without wait, knowing wait, your wait. situation. But I see all those commercials, Jenny, and it says... They settled. I'm Bob, and I owe the IRS $86,000, and I settled with them for $1,000. I'm Sue. I owed the, the IRS $140,000, and I paid them $12,000. Oh, absolutely. I can make those, those commercials just as well. But what we have to know is Bob and Sue are two different people. Um, so, for example, you wouldn't sit down in front of a CPA and say, I'm not going to tell you what I do, what I have, how much money I've made, how much... Uh, Prepare my tax return. How much taxes do I owe? It's impossible. It's a little bit difficult, isn't it? it, it it's it's absolutely. Involved in it's that. it's insane. So the first thing that I say to someone, and I take my piece of paper, and it's you know the IRS has twelve pages or something of forms, but I can do this in my sleep. And my first question to you is, let's go over part one of the offer. Part one of the offer is. 401k, IRA, any other stocks, bonds, investments, life insurance with a cash value, more than 20% equity in your home, any vacant land, any rental prop property, um, any equity in a vehicle above $3,450, oh, any wait, savings kind of about $1,000. Yeah, I gave you, but here's, here, here's the point. I gave you a whole bunch of things in part one that only take a few seconds to actually go over with the client. And then I say, did 1-800 ask you these questions? No, is typically the response. So for example- so how, do they, how do they come up with the 20% number then, or a 10% number, or a 2% number? They're just making it up? They're pulling it out of somewhere, Brian. So I often have people come to me and they'll say, well, I have, for example, I had someone say, well, I just paid this company $8,000 to file an offer for me. And my first question is, do you have a 401k? She says, yes. I say, how much is in it? She says, 350000 I say, how much do you owe the IRS? She says, 100000 I said, are you allowed to take the money out and pay the tax and the penalty or borrow against it? She says, yes. I say, you don't qualify for an offer. End of story. It is a math formula. So that's just part one. That's just part one. So the analysis, which... A, we do in a free consultation. B, can save you thousands of dollars by getting the analysis done. The, the tax services that you hear and see on the radio and on the TV stations uh, are not out to do anything but make money. Yes, all businesses, law firms are in the business of making money. Let's not pretend. But we're in, we have a 
fiduciary duty to our clients, an ethical duty to our clients to find the right solution and help you. And that does and if that means that you come in and say, I want to do an offer and compromise, and in five minutes to fifteen minutes we can do the analysis and say, Yes, you qualify, or no, you don't qualify. Talking to a salesperson in California who's trying to sell you a tax service, recognizing that the offer and compromise might be your solution, okay? It absolutely might be. It also might not be, and they're not in the business of finding the not be. Well, Brian, before we even get there, I often find people who do qualify for an offer and compromise, but then you also have to be able to afford what that number is. And if you ask those companies what the percentage of accepted offers are, you're not really going to get a straight answer. For me, I can say 99% of the time, if you come into my office and I tell you qualify for an offer and I give you, usually, sometimes it's an exact dollar amount, sometimes it's a range, because I'll tell you, you have this little weak spot here. They may bring this up, they may not. Here's what it's going to be, so you're prepared to pay for it each and every time those offers are accepted within that that time i can't think of an instance recently where it wasn't accepted or i didn't say you know what this person is insane we're going to file a protest they're they're missing it which is included in the original fee that i quoted you now if you lie to me or your financial situation changes for example i've i've often had someone say well i was making 25,000 and now i'm making 80,000, well, the numbers change, okay? So that's something we deal with. Doesn't mean you shouldn't take that job. Now, what Brian was leading to is sometimes I can calculate the numbers and say you absolutely qualify for an offer and compromise. However, maybe you're self-employed, which means you may not be able to remain compliant with the IRS for the next five years, which is what the IRS will require after you accept the um offer and compromise sometimes a bankruptcy to deal with the tax debt is a better solution because in the past you have a history of not filing your tax returns or not being able to pay the tax obligation as it comes due both of those things are required when you file an offer and compromise right and the uh, the other instances there so maybe i'll say well maybe we should use the chapter seven because what's going what's going to happen let's just let's just get rid of the debt now oftentimes some people say well i have tax debt and then i start asking you questions about your medical bills and your credit card debt and people are a little confused and i say well I'm not just going to sell you an offer. If you have credit card debt, if you have medical debt, if you have judgments against you, if you have other issues with your home, I'm going to first look to see if there's another solution that encompasses all of your debts and liabilities, which is something that um, a business that just preaches basically the offer and compromise program is not going to be able to analyze or provide you. That's why what we specialize at least what I specialize in, Jenny specializes in at Fab Gross, is what we call financial crisis management. It's dealing with the issues and finding you your best solution. Not a solution, your best solution. Now, Jen, let's back up for a second. Let's deal with, so let's just address the most typical problem I see with, with taxes, which is failure to file a return. Right. I mean, I... That's the simplest one, yes. People walk in to see me and say... Oh, yeah, when I say, I need your last two years tax returns, they go, I haven't filed. Well, how long has it been? You know what? It's not uncommon to have somebody tell me that they haven't filed for at least five years. 
10 years, 15, 20 years, or miscellaneous years. Oftentimes what happens is sometimes you will miss a year or you'll think that you're going to owe for that year. So you just don't file it. You'll, you'll deal with it next year and the next year rolls around and then pretty soon you have a large problem and you have no idea what's happened. So oftentimes people come to me that and I says, well, the first thing that we need to do, and I can do this without raising any red flags, is figure out what the last year is that you filed, what years aren't filed, what years are the IRS looking for you to file, and are there any liabilities out there based on returns you filed in the past, or maybe returns that the Internal Revenue Service filed on your behalf called a substitute for a return. Oh, so, so you can find all this stuff out without raising any red flags at the IRS? Because that's what people are afraid of, you know. If, if, I, if I haven't filed in five years, oh my God, if I contact the IRS, the next thing I know, they're going to levy my wages. Well, and that's, that is possible. So the first thing that I say is, okay, so, so we, we know that we're missing returns. We believe that you're likely going to owe. So let's put that aside for the next 15 minutes. Let's talk about what's going to happen if you do owe. What collection alternative are you going to qualify for? Are we going to try and file an offer and compromise? Is it going to be an installment agreement? Are we going to try to get you maybe uncollectible, which means that it's basically an installment agreement with a zero monthly payment for a period of time in order to try to put you in a chapter seven bankruptcy when those taxes become dischargeable are we going to look to a chapter 13 if there's other issues beside taxes so in that meeting i'm not only discussing with you okay well we have to find out part one before we can determine which way we're going to go but i also try to go through what all the avenues are for resolution so that when you leave my office you may still realize that you have a problem but everybody leaves breathing a little easier saying okay now i have options now i know what's going to happen um this isn't as scary of a process as i thought it was going to be well let's 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 change it to an urgent problem sure i haven't done all the things i'm supposed to do and the IRS just sent me a letter that says they're levying my wages. What? What? I, I got it. I, no, they can't take my wages. I have to eat. I have a family to support. I have a mortgage payment. I've got a car payment. The IRS can't take my paycheck. Can they? they absolutely can take your paycheck. And unfortunately, what often happens is that letter comes either, which is the worst case scenario, is after you get your paycheck and the money has already been levied. Or what I see most often is that you've ignored so many IRS letters and every IRS letter has the word levy in it. So you don't know when they really mean business is that your HR department sends you a letter stating we've received um, this notice of levy. At that point, we have a horrible situation that we have to deal with because they leave an average person with possibly $350 a month um, in their pay. $350 a month is all I get left if they levy my wages? Right. And what the IRS is trying to do is they're trying to force you to come to the table. I've had individuals... um, I can go as far as, and we won't get into the details, it's a short show where they have the U.S. Marshal out at their house ready to bring them in because they have failed to comply with their tax obligations. At the end of the day, they made it into my office. We spent three hours there. Um, I called the revenue officer, provided her with all the documentation. She said, I'm going to let the attorney know that uh, you've complied with the request. These people can't afford to make a payment. I'm going to close them out and uncollectible. So, the IRS isn't always looking for you to write them a check, but what they are looking for you to do is file your returns and then provide either financial information or collect a collection alter- or request a collection alternative so that your case can be deemed resolved. Okay, so let, let, let's step it up a little bigger problem. You know, and I those levies can be released. Also, we okay. d- we didn't get to we that part. Levies <laughs> can get levies released through a, through 
negotiation and discussions with the service? Right. And each person's situation is different. So this would be a 12 hour show, but I would discuss the person being levied, what their situation is and how we get that levy released. And oftentimes I say, please come in to me with a fax number to your payroll department so that we can get those faxed over to them immediately. See, but at least, at least as IRS goes, at least they can't touch my home, right? I get to keep my house. They can never do anything with it. There's no, I, my home is safe. Right? No, your home is not safe. The IRS. Hey, wait, wait, wait. My home is not safe. If I owe the IRS money, my home is... Correct. So first, they're going to file, most likely, a notice of federal tax lien. So think of the tax lien. If, if if you own your own home and then you have a mortgage and you thought you had equity, the tax lien now, think of it as your second mortgage. If you've paid off your first mortgage, think of it now like your first mortgage. You're not going to be able to just sell that property without addressing the lien. Well, now, well I don't want to sell the property. I just I just don't want to pay the IRS. Okay. What, what, you know, but they, they can put a lien on my house. But this is a house owned by myself and my wife, and I'm the only one that owes the tax debt. They can't do that. This is this is Michigan where I own the house tenancy by the entirety. Isn't that right? They can't so do that? how that works is the so federal law is different. Yes, that. federal law is different than state law. So under federal law, if you own the property jointly with your spouse, the lien attaches, and the lien attaches to 50% of the equity. The presumption is is that you own 50% of the equity and that your spouse owns 50% of the equity. Now, if we're talking about a state of Michigan tax lien, then under Michigan law, if only one spouse um it owes the tax liability and you own the property jointly, then the lien does not attach. So that's a place where federal and state law are are different. Now, I don't want to say that the IRS is going to come and foreclose upon your principal residence. However, they do have the ability to do so. Wait, so they can threaten to sell my house. They could sell my house out from under me if... if if I don't act in some way. Right, and you'll often have people say, oh, well, they're, they're not gonna do that. They never do that. Well, the reality is, is that they don't typically sell your principal residence. However, it doesn't mean it's not something they can't do. In the last 15 years of doing this, I've seen them uh, do that two or three times. They were in um, more extreme cases that involved some tax evasion and then some other issues um, that were brought to the forefront that the Internal Revenue Service um, did not like. But there's strategies in dealing with that as well um, that get complicated to explain, um, but something I'm more than willing to go over with my clients during the free consultation to let them know what the risk exposure and likelihood is. All right, let's, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about the tax return itself. Remember we talked about unfiled tax returns? Well, I always get the, the comment from people that say, well, if I don't file the return, they'll never find me. They'll never figure it out. I've fallen off the grid. Is that true? And what and what what does the IRS do? Okay, so is that true? Do some people fall off the grid? Yes, some people rob a bank and don't get caught as well. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> what I would have to say is what happens is if you file your return and you owe money, but you file it timely, you're going to have the failure to pay penalty, but you won't have the failure to file penalty, which can end up being 25% of the unpaid tax. What? what? What percent? 20. Failure to file penalty can be 25% of your obligation. So if you owe $10,000 that year, 
just add 2500 plus they also charge interest on that so there, there's you want to you want to file that return timely also the irs computer system a person doesn't have to do it can match up your w-2s your 1099s uh your unemployment income anything else and throw that on a tax return and make it a substitute for return well is that a return well will i will i, will I do I face criminal responsibility for failure to file a tax return if they filed one for me? If they filed one for you, it's not likely that you would face criminal responsibility if they filed it for you. The criminal responsibility typically ends up when they ask you via summons to prov provide them with tax returns and you don't do that or don't comply with the summons. But not filing your federal tax return is yes is a crime correct but we're, we're talking about how how they track that and and how they catch that which is a little bit different but if you file and you file a good faith return prior to them coming to you for that then you can put the criminal aspect and fear aside well that sounds like something you should just be filing your tax returns on time <laughs> because there's a failure to file penalty and a failure to pay penalty. Right, and the failure to file pen penalty ramps up at 5%. Over f over five months, you get to 25% really quick. The failure to pay penalty is at half a percent, and it grows per month. And you can work out payment plans. Oftentimes, people come to me and say, if they would have met with me years ago, that they wouldn't be in this mess and they'd have been sleeping at night because there's so many different avenues of resolution, and it's complicated. You need someone to walk you through it. I'll tell you what. We're going to come back to that and to especially talk about the state uh, of Michigan and federal taxes and see how you deal with them and whether they're dealt with differently. But uh, I want to do the announcements. So first, I want to invite all of our listening audience to watch the TV version of Law and Reality every Sunday on TV20. It's at 11 a.m. TV20. If you're out and about, if you are at church, hit your DVR button and watch us that afternoon. I promise you it's more exciting than golf or bowling. It's not more exciting than football season. We've already discussed this, but it is more exciting than golf. I find it more exciting than football. Okay, well, that's you. Um, Why don't want to invite all of our listeners also to join in on our monthly contest that we have. This month, we're giving away a free $50 Visa gift card, a lawn reality hat, and a copy of Ken's book, Dump Your Debt. All you have to do is Go on lawnreality.com or thavgross.com. A pop-up will come up and ask you if you want to enter the contest. Type in your, your, your email address, and uh, you're, you're entered. And then we do the drawing once a month. We have an exciting, an exciting seminar coming up. Wednesday, September 26th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. in our offices in Bingham Farms. September is the time for my debt to fall. And yes, while I understand it's still warm out there and the kids are just getting back to school, it is going to be fall soon. And so what we want to do is talk about September being the time to get rid of your debt. We're going to talk about how to preserve your future income for you and your family so you have something to retire with. Debt elimination is going to be the key part of the process. We're going to look at Chapter 7 bankruptcy, Chapter 13 bankruptcy, debt resolution, offers in compromise. We're going to look at student loan relief. We're going to look at all the options and, and budget management too. All the options and opportunities that exist for you to get your debts under control, eliminate them, or figure out how to put yourself in a position so you can get rid of them over a short period of time. Debt elimination is the key to your financial success in the future. That's what we're going to talk about. 
Jenny Lingo is going to be there talking all about the different opportunities you have to get out of tax debt. And uh, when you here's how you sign up so you don't miss it. Sign up at lawandreality.com, favgross.com, or call us at 888-235-HELP. That's 888-235-4357. And if you attend the seminar, you get a free copy of Ken's book, Dump Your Debt. Now, those of you that are listening and want to attend the seminar, let me tell you one other really great thing about the seminar. It's free. There's no cost. Now, we're not giving out steak and, 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 and wine dinners, but there will be coffee and cookies, or water and cookies, actually, bottled water and cookies, and we will give you all this information absolutely for free. And like I said, you get a free copy of Ken's book, Dump Your Debt. Now, if you don't want to wait or you want more information sooner, feel free to give us a call to come in for a free consultation, whether it's on debt issues with myself or tax issues with Jenny Lingle, estate planning again with me, or business issues including business formation and business problems with Ken Gross, elder law issues with Pat Samasco, social security disability or workers' compensation issues with Jeff Kirshner. We're available for those free consultations. And of course, uh, you know, if you want to know some, even more, we have some free reports on how to save your house from foreclosure, business formations and loans and grants uh, for small businesses in Michigan, and the Retiree's Guide to Social Security from Pat Samasco, all available on our website. I'd like to thank our sponsors, who are uh, Kirshner Law, Samasco Law, and Thav Gross. Now, Jen, back to the issues in the last few minutes that we have for the, the show. Talk to me about the state of Michigan. I owe the state of Michigan tax debt. Can I just do the same problem? I mean, can I just like do the same thing with the state as I do with the feds? <laughs> the Michigan Department of Treasury is a little bit more difficult to deal with because they use a third shocking. party. Isn't that shocking. <laughs> the state of Michigan is difficult to deal with. Never would have guessed that. No, go on. So they use a third-party debt collector called Marks, Michigan Accounts Receivable Collection System. And the problem that I find is they're less organized than the Internal Revenue Service, whereas Marks, you may owe for tax years 2012, 13, and 14, but only 12 and 13 are assigned to Marks. Um, so then when you set up a payment plan or try to set up a payment plan and then all of a sudden 14 gets assessed, even though you told them about it, day one, they say, oh, well, you created a new liability. Now we're going to default the agreement and you have to work with us again. So simple thing to get from. What? Yes. What? Unlike the Internal Revenue Service who will look at they'll they'll pull because most right now i know they're starting to use a collection agency but they will pull um your account transcripts for all the years and they will not set up an installment agreement until unless it covers all the tax years that you owe for and they'll also verify that you have filed all required tax periods so michigan you can set up pretty easily if you're concerned about a lien a 90-day full pay most people can't afford to pay within 90 days um a 24-month payment plan and they've also started an offer and compromise program wait, 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 wait. What, what, I want to do a, a 72 month installment payment like I can with the IRS with the state uh, the state doesn't offer that they offer a 24 month streamlined installment agreement wait, the state doesn't offer so here's folks the state doesn't offer the same programs as the IRS they're similar but the state is much more aggressive with their tactics on collection they are much less lenient from the standpoint of the ability to either create a 60-month, 72-month, or even an 84-month installment payment agreement that the IRS would. So 
what ends up happening here is that a lot of times we work out things with the state first and we keep the IRS Sometimes, or sometimes we we wait. For example, Brian, I've learned that since the state has recently has an offer and compromise program, they have it where you can work it similar to how the IRS works it, or they have a second program that says if it's income taxes for the same years, they'll accept the same percentage. So sometimes we just get uh, the IRS accepted offer, and then it's very easy for them to work it on the same percentage. So the key is understanding what your issues are, creating a path and a, and a pattern to deal with them, creating a program to put yourself in, in a situation where you're addressing all of the problems, not just some of the problems. Whether it's bankruptcy, whether you're using the offering compromise to the state or the feds, whether you are going to be put in uncollectible status where nobody can touch you and nobody come after you, the bottom line is, is you need to know your rights, you need to know your options. If you, if you want to know those and you want a consultation, just reach out to us at 888-235-4357. That's 888-235-HELP. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with Law and Reality.